0: sort of scrolling through the news headlines or, you know, you're you're seeing the things that are going through the world, and it's like you just at times just say, I don't get it. Like, how could people act that way? How could they behave that way? How could they do that, right? So um, how could that leader do that? How could that individual violent person? Like, what's going on? Like, we can't—it just doesn't make any sense to us. And, you know, I don't care how much we, you know— uh, if we did an autopsy on somebody or whatever, and we poked into their brain to try to figure out you know, why they did what they did, I don't think we'd get the answers to it. We, we really weren't made, I don't think, to understand evil. We were made originally for the garden. We were made for a good world. Our mind was made to comprehend goodness. I haven't heard anybody say, Man, this is, this is so good, I just don't understand this goodness. I mean, you know... It just, we just receive the goodness. We have a hard time with the evil part. Welcome to The Search Podcast, where
1: we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today it's part three of our series on the problem of evil and suffering, if God is good. Loving, all-powerful, why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? My guest for this series is Dr. John Hopper from Search Houston, also the author of Questioning God. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Well, let's just dive right in. This is part three, and I asked you, what is this called? And you said, I don't know. We're kind of cleaning up loose
0: ends. <laughs> That's, <laughs> so right. That's right.
1: We'll, uh, we'll clean up some <laughs> loose ends here. And uh, on a okay, on a serious note, we're, we're dealing with probably the most complex subject when it comes to the big questions of God and life. We're dealing with the question that, that a lot of people give as the number one reason for not believing in God. And uh, there are lots of loose ends, even mm-hmm. though we've talked for uh, quite a while at, at length. There's so much that can be said. So, um, somewhat unrelated, we're going to talk through some of those loose ends okay. this okay. Uh, this episode. Great. So, let's start here. Um, w- one of the things that we haven't talked about is that this
0: is nothing new. This right. this question. This right. question's been around for a very long time, <laughs> right? Right. Well, and, and we 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 mentioned it very quickly in the first uh, uh, episode. But yeah, this isn't a new question at all. So uh, humanity has been dealing with evil and suffering for as long as the record of humanity is. And so um, it's not a new question at all. In fact, it's kind of interesting, blame because um, the ancients experienced what I would say would be considerably more pain and suffering than we do today. They didn't have anesthesia, right? So, I mean... The, the lifespan was a lot less than it is now. I mean, when you sort of read the, the stories of barbarians and marauding you know, armies and yeah. you know, those kinds of things and the brutality of, of people and you know, just the, the difficulty of work, they didn't have you know, m- machines to do things for them. I mean, it was just life was difficult and life was hard. But they weren't throwing God out. They weren't saying, well, this look at this life is so hard and this, this suffering, this evil, so we're doing away with God. So it doesn't mean they always had the, sort of the, a right conception of God, but they weren't dumping God. You look back to the sort of the, the writings of the ancients. They, they all believed in some power outside of themselves. So it's a, it's a little bit odd today that we live in a time which is really sort of uh, uh, has less suffering um, uh, and less pain, and yet we're chucking God with it. So... Um, so I think that, that ought to make us take pause and maybe even to sort of look back at some of what the ancients would have to say. In um, fact, many people believe that Job is the oldest book that sort of written, So sort of when it was first written in, in the Bible. And and it's all about the question of evil and suffering. So you know, sometimes people ask this question about evil and suffering and think that it's just a modern stumper. <laughs> to Christianity and God, <laughs> it's like it's not a modern stomach. It's like it's a question that's sort of been asked from from way past. So, and there's some great things in Job that that can be learned about evil and suffering. And and again, li- they're living in a time where there was much more of it than there is now. So maybe there's some things that we we can learn from uh, from the ancients. And so I just think that's important for us to recognize that it's not a new question that others have wrestled
1: with. Well, it's a it's a that's a great observation, and when you think of the book of Job, one of the interesting takeaways—spoiler alert, but, mm-hmm. I mean, if, yeah. you re- if you haven't read it by now, <laughs> no. uh, Spoiler alert, in all seriousness, though, one of the points of it is that there isn't an answer to the why mm-hmm. question, because That's we always right. want to know why. We've talked That's about right. this idea on yeah. earlier episodes, yeah. and we threw out options. We know mm. there's—God gives us general reasons, but— right job you know why does this happen and yeah. and, and all that um,
0: and his friends actually m- mess it up so they yeah. they say these are the reasons why it's happening and that, those weren't the reasons why no. it happened so that, again that's sort of a warning to us to be careful not to say well this is why that's happening in your in your life so.
1: but but related a, a loose end that I want you to kind of clean up for us is that even though we've we've made it a point all along to say We don't always know the reason even though sometimes God has shared reasons in the Bible. That doesn't mean that there's not – a specific reason why he's allowed certain that's things right. to happen, even in
0: our own lives. That's right. We just don't necessarily know it. It doesn't yeah. mean there isn't a good reason. So sometimes we we have this sort of false conclusion that because I don't know the reason, therefore there isn't a good reason. Right? So, and there's a lot of times in life where we sort of prove that axiom wrong, where we go, oh, man, there's no good reason for this. And then later on, we go, oh, well, that's, I guess that's why they did that, right? So, so we see that at, at play, and I think that would be true for God. I think we mentioned sort of in one of the earlier episodes that if if God is who God is often t- t- talked about, that is He's omniscient. He's so much greater. He knows you know all things that are going on, and He's sort of aware of the big picture in ways that we could never comprehend. That we just don't have that capacity to. We would expect Him at times to make moves that we don't understand. So if I'm playing chess, again, with somebody who's a grandmaster, right? So they might take a couple moves and I'm going to go, I don't, why did they move that piece there, there? But that doesn't mean there's not a good reason to it. You know, two more moves and it's checkmate, right? So yeah. it's like, oh, well, I guess that's why they moved it there, right? So, So just because we don't have the reason doesn't mean there isn't a good reason. It may be that that the, the reasons become evident later. Uh, I re- read this last week. It was a great little story uh, from Lee Strobel, who's written a, a number of books like The Case for Christ. Um, um, and, he, and he was telling the story of how when he was still a reporter in Chicago, he he really had this sense that he and he, he had recently become a Christian because he, he he wasn't a Christian and he became a Christian. And he had this sense that he should invite this fellow colleague to go to the Easter service at his church. And so he went into this room where his colleague was uh, I think it was sort of this open space room and he went in. And there's nobody else in there that he saw and he invited him to come to the the Easter service and the guys like eh, I'm not interested at all. And so then he said, "Well, are you interested in God?" Oh, no, I'm not interested in God. Well, you're interested in, like learning more about I'm not interested at all. The guys just like totally rebuffed him. And so he left in, you know, that room, and he's like, well, I, I thought God wanted me to invite him, but I, you know, I don't really know what the reason why, but I sense that I'm supposed to. Well, a few years later, he is um, at this church speaking, and this fellow comes up to him and says, I just want to thank you for being a part of my spiritual journey. And he's like, well, who are you? <laughs> he says, well, you know, a few years ago, I, I, I was out of work, and this friend who was trying to help me get work said, Hey, do you, um, d- do, you do any tile work? Oh, yeah, I do tile work because he had done his own bathroom sort of thing. And so he said, Well, you know, we need some tile work done in our workroom at the office. And so okay, I'll take the job. So, so when Lee Strobel was in t- inviting this fellow to the Easter service, there was a guy behind the desk that he didn't see that was working on the tile he was hearing everything that Lee said. And as he was saying it, he was like, I need to go to church this Easter. My family needs to go to church. And the guy hadn't gone to church, wasn't interested in church, but he just sensed that he did. So he ended up going to church with his wife and his kid, and they all... Turned to the, to the Lord's ordeal. So, so here was Lee Strobo, totally rejected, right? That suffering of being rejected. Right? He had no reasons. He didn't know why that was happening, right? Years later, he finds out that it had this impact in this other person's unreal. life. It's unreal. It's unreal there. So, so sometimes we might find out hey, there's this reason why God sort of had me go through this, this suffering or this rejection or pain. But it's also possible, right? that that we won't know in this life. Um, I, I I have a complete expectation that uh, you know at the end of time, if 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 God so desires, and w- when we're with Him as those who've trusted in Him, and He sort of lays out, oh well, yeah, you want to know why I did this or oh yeah, why did you do that? And we begin to see all the pieces that were at play, and how even times where we experienced pain and suffering, and how it ended up in these ways that allowed these things to happen or these good things happen or whatever, I I don't think any of us will be questioning God. will go, oh, mm. my goodness, how you pulled all of the pieces together. You 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 made the real checkmate <laughs> there, even though I didn't understand the moves along the way.
1: Mm. Well, and some of those moves may not even be about us That's at right. all, right? That's I mean, right. isn't that another part of this puzzle? Yeah. We, we're so— ego, self-focused. That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah, so we think that God God always is is doing things in our life or not allowing things or allowing things just for us, for our lessons. But it may be that he's, he's doing things to sort of get us out of the way because he's got other people that he's interested in. So, I mean, one of the biblical examples of that is that the early believers were in Jerusalem. They started getting persecuted, so they spread out. Well, then they began to share about Jesus other places, right? So which was really about other people. They had already known about Jesus, but now these other people got to learn about Jesus. Well, how did they get into that position? They got into that position because they were persecuted back in Jerusalem. So, so it really that persecution really wasn't about them. It wasn't necessarily about them um you know, building character or whatever the case might be. It was it was about other people, even. So sometimes God can be allowing that uh, because of what he's doing in a sort of a big picture way. And again, I think at the end of time that, um, that God can sort of show us that sort of the remarkable ways in which he used even those difficult things we went through. So, so much so that I think that we would say, I would do that all over again for the, the end result that, that, that came about. So another
1: loose end as we're thinking about this could also be that that this topic is so hard to answer because we're really not able to comprehend it. Like like we just Mm -hmm. can't understand evil and suffering to a depth and degree that would allow us just to solve the problem that we see here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, you're sort of scrolling through the news headlines or, you know, you're you're seeing the things that are going through the world, and it's like you just at times just say, I don't get it. Like, how could people act that way? How could they behave that way? How could they do that, right? So um, how could that leader do that? How could that individual violent person? Like, what's going on? Like, we can't—it just doesn't make any sense to us. And, you know, I don't care how much we, you know— uh, if we did an autopsy on somebody or whatever, and we poked into their brain to try to figure out you know, why they did what they did, I don't think we'd get the answers to it. We, we really weren't made, I don't think, to understand evil. We were made originally for the garden. We were made for a good world. Our mind was made to comprehend goodness. I haven't heard anybody say, Man, this is, this is so good, I just don't understand this goodness. I mean, you know... It just we just receive the goodness. We have a hard time with the evil part, so um, I mean, might, sometimes we might be surprised by somebody that's doing something really good for us. But mo- most of the time, we're surprised by that because we've seen so much evil, and we're just surprised that somebody's doing good, right? So, but uh, but we aren't sort of worried about that. Like, how could somebody just do goodness like that, right? So, because um, our minds are are fine with that, we can rest in that. Our minds were made for that. They weren't made to really comprehend evil. So I think, you know, we will probably go to our graves thinking. I don't know why that happened, why this person did this to that, why they hurt my wife, why they hurt my child, why this or that happened in my life. I don't get it um, because we really weren't made to comprehend evil.
1: That's a great, great point. And I want to move on to another topic that to me is really important. I'm glad you're addressing it uh, now. And it's, it's really the idea that this this quote problem of evil and suffering, uh the, the way we talk about it, it's not just a Christian problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem for whatever your world view is. So if you're an atheist, you still have to answer the the problem. Why is there all this evil going on in the world? If you're a Buddhist, you what's right. your answer? Yeah, Everybody, every world view right. has an answer. And um the Christian answer, when not viewed in light of others, might seem less than we we want it to, mm-hmm. less satisfying. Mm-hmm. So
0: can you kind of unpack that yeah. idea a yeah. little bit for yeah. us? Yeah. So um, I think there are things in life where we would say, you know, this isn't just like I would like it, but when I look at option B, C, and D, it's better <laughs> than those yeah. options, right? Yeah, And And I think we can do that with— Christianity relative to evil and suffering as well. There's questions that we might still have. There might be still pains that we have in our hearts, struggles we have in our mind. But if we go to the other options, we might find those to be even more lacking. So you know, if, you, if you take the atheist position, if you just say, well, you know, I don't believe there's any God at all, then you have to sort of wonder, well, how do we call anything evil, right? Like we've talked about already, how, how do we decide what's good or evil? Isn't, aren't just things the way of the wild, right? Aren't these things survival of, of the fittest? So, um, you know, some people get lucky, some people don't, right? So um, y- you just have to say things are the way they are. Like, people's DNA has been coded the way it is, and they're just responding to their environment. So when that person was rude and angry and violent towards me, well, they were just being what they were programmed to be. Like, that's pretty much what you're you're left with well, that's not very satisfying, right? So, there was an article a couple of years ago in the Wall Street Journal where this woman said, "If you don't believe in God, you should still tell your, you should still lie to your children and tell them about heaven." And the article said that because um, it's it's really not helpful for your children just to tell them that they're just gonna. Uh, die, and their, their body 's going to decompose, and that 's the end of them it 's not helpful for them psychologically, so just lie and tell them there 's a heaven mm. so but that 's what you 're left with right if you're an atheist that 's what you 're stuck with there is no hope in the end so with christianity right there's there 's not only the sort of the hope of a sort of a God doing things for good and overriding reasons in the present, but there 's also the potential for the writing of all wrongs for an accounting to occur in the end. Because, right, we see people that die that did evil things. In fact, we may not even find out about the evil that they did until after they died. They got away with it all, right? And then we see other people who seem to do everything right and bad luck (laughs) seems to be, you know, with them all the time. Well, how are those tables ever righted if there's no God, right? So so Christianity is is a story that that, um, can explain evil now, our own rejection of God but also sort of gives us hope in the present and hope in the future as well, which we just don't get that in, in, a, in other worldviews. You know, Eastern religions, for example, say that that suffering a lot of times is a— is first of all, they might even say it's not even real. It's, it's Maya in, in Hinduism. It's just an illusion. It's not even real, which I, I think is kind of hard to swallow. Like, means your pain and suffering—by uh, the way, your pain and suffering, it's not really real. It's just Maya— If you were enlightened, you wouldn't experience that that pain and suffering. That that seems to be a rejection of reality there. So that that worldview is a little bit soft there. But but even if you take what Eastern religions have to say in regards to, say, reincarnation, um, the past life determines your present life. So you're just stuck. So if you're having evil and suffering, it's just too bad. In fact, don't even help people out. That are going through evil and suffering because it's just their karma from the the past life. Well, and if you yeah.
1: help them out, they got to just work it off more because yeah, it's not that doesn't <laughs> really work yeah. so much.
0: That's right. So um, so uh, you know, that's just you look and you look at the other options. Dealing with evil and suffering, and they're not all that satisfying, right? So, and, and we don't get to do away with the problem of evil and suffering, as, as you mentioned. We, we could, we could sort of disregard God, but you can't really disregard evil and suffering in our
1: world. Yeah, throwing out God doesn't solve the problem. That's right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to look into if you're. I would encourage you, if you're interested in in this, go go check out not only the the Christian responses you're doing if you're listening to this, but but other responses, and and uh, I think you'll you'll see what we're talking about here that there there really are there's not very many great answers to to this question all of them have have problems but uh, Christianity is incredibly unique and that leads us to the next mm. thing loose end mm-hmm. if you will some of the uniqueness of Christianity is rooted in the fact that God knows of the pain and the evil that we're facing and the suffering that people go through and he welcomes us calling out to him Mm -hmm. to ask for help. Here you have a God Mm. who says, I hear you, I feel you, Mm. ask me to help you. That is also different. So can you explain this dynamic a little bit to us?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the scripture throughout um, encourages us to to look to God, to cry out to him. Um, And what's really neat about this is that God isn't just calling us to um, reach out to him as sort of this stoic observer and, hey, I can do a few things for you. Okay? He's, he's asking us to cry out to him and call out to him as one who actually has participated in human suffering. So you can think about it like if, if you have two friends and, and let's say that you're going through a divorce right now. And one of your friends has gone through that as well, and one of your friends hasn't. There's probably some ways that you're going to sort of be more open and talking and sort of sharing with the one that has gone through that divorce already because they've been there, all right? So, so they don't just know about the pain, the pain and suffering from sort of the stoic observer position. They know about it from actual personal experience, right? So, And that's the case with with God as well. Like, he, he has entered into our pain and suffering. When we look at the life of Jesus, he was misunderstood by his parents. He, he lived in a time, again, that was much harder than the time that we live in. So he, he knew hunger. He knew thirst. He, you know, he walked everywhere. He didn't get in his car. He didn't get in his Tesla. He to drive somewhere, right? There. So you know, he was walking everywhere, right? So there are times in... in, in Scripture, we see that he's deeply distressed, that his heart ached for people. He cried with his friends. Um, His family thought he was crazy. There's nobody really but his mother, Mary, that sort of saw him for who he was until after he died, right? So his family thought he was nuts. Um, His hometown rejected him. Um, Oftentimes, his kind acts were met with disdain. Um, He was betrayed and abandoned by his best friends in his great hour of, you know, Need when he's sort of being brought to trial, and um, he was mocked, he was beaten, he was scourged, he was cr- crucified. Um, his life was traded in for a murderer, right? So it's like Pilate, who was the governor at that time, said, "Well, you want me to release Jesus or this murderer?" And they said, "Release the murderer." <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus is worse than that, right? Sort of this, this murder basically. So he was ridiculed while he was dying. Um, so he, boy, he. He knows what we're experiencing and and he welcomes us to to cry out to him. So it's not just like hey you got to put up with this now or you know you guys have done some bad things so you know you need to you know just figure it out and you know if you figure it out okay but no he he calls us to to turn to him to help um us walk through this world of of pain and suffering. And um I don't know of a another world view that offers that kind of 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 god. Hmm. Well, and and back to something
1: we touched on in earlier episodes, but the idea of of justice is a is a big reason to think that uh that this is a a real problem, hmm. you know, that there's there's a there's a good god because we have this idea of justice mm-hmm. and uh, injustice mm-hmm. and we don't like the disparity there well the jesus story mm-hmm. everything you just described is unjust mm-hmm. i mean the whole thing and culminating in mm-hmm. his crucifixion i mean mm-hmm. he was crucified for things he didn't do he That's was right. he was perfect and mm-hmm. even his enemies mm-hmm. were were not against him you know ultimately and yet this is what ends up happening mm. to him and yet that unjust act mm. the the killing mm. of a innocent person ends yeah. up being the most just thing mm. that ever mm. happens in in a whole other way of looking at it because of what that accomplished yeah. for for people in God's plan yeah. but it is uh it is interesting when you mm. look at it from that perspective mm-hmm. too I think mm-hmm.
0: yeah so yeah cuz we mentioned earlier and I think in the the second episode that what we really have a problem with is unjust suffering mm-hmm. right not just suffering but when it's unjust and jesus is familiar with that right he's, he's he he experienced the greatest injustice right so and yet that uh, injustice that he experienced uh, allowed there to uh, be a way for you and i to be made right before god so um it was an incredible act on his part. And in fact, I think this is the good way to end uh, this episode and this series here Blaine is that if J- Jesus was just this person we could cry out to when we were struggling and he was kind of an empathetic sh- shoulder to cry on. That would be nice. Like it would be great to have that we have friends that we call up when we're going through hard times and we talk with them. That's it's a really good thing. But it would really fall short if, if that's all that it was, was a God to sort of, you know, cry to. We need more than that. We need a God that will get us out of this mess. Though, so, That, yes, can be empathetic in this time and in this season, but we need a God who can get us out of this mess. And so, so Jesus didn't just come to sort of suffer alongside of us. Um... In doing that suffering, in in submitting himself to the greatest of injustices, he opened the door so that you and I don't have to stay in this place of evil and suffering, so that we can enjoy life with him in all eternity where evil is vanquished, where it's banished, where there's no darkness anymore, where... Uh, goodness reigns and, and never ends reigning. Where all suffering is gone, all pain is gone, and so, um, so that's just a whole another level there, right? It's again, not just a shoulder to cry on, but a savior, a savior for for you and and for me. He offers that, and and the Christian story offers that, right? So. Um, it explains that the evil and suffering has come into the world because of our own rejection of God, but that God himself was not willing to sort of keep us apart from him, but he was willing to enter into our suffering and to provide a doorway for us to be with him forever.
1: I don't know of a better way to end than that. It's a great, great thing to consider what Jesus has done if it's not something that you've settled for yourself if you're listening to this. John, thank you so much for being my guest on The Search
0: Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing we probably ought to mention here, Blaine, is that uh, in the book Questioning God, the question that we've been looking at is one of the chapters in the book. And Mm so, you know, I know sometimes when I listen to somebody talking about it and then I, I hear they've written about it too, I want to go back and sort of really sort of ponder what was said. So a lot of the thoughts that we shared here today are found in the book Questioning God, so people might want to check that out on Amazon they should check it out. It's a
1: fantastic book. And if you like this, uh, you know, I think you'll really, really like the book. And then when you read it, you'll hear John's voice and you'll get it it right (laughs) because he writes the way he talks, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for being here, John. Absolutely. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Search Podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please give us a rating or a review anywhere you listen to them, any platform. It really helps. And until next time, thanks for listening.